Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially your official podcast for your movie needs. I am Ryan, and I am joined only this week by Brad. That's all you need. That's it, it really is. That's all I need. <laughs> and all in my whole life, that's all I need. I was really bummed I couldn't make it last week. I I been working so much and I keep on getting called in because it's just a shit show. And then you know clerks went down to one showing a week and then when you had the screening with kevin smith i was like oh man i might be off in time and then of course i said well don't wait for me just in case and sure as shit at 553 there's like a four car accident on i-70 i'm like oh my gosh i'm so glad i told him just to get rid of take someone else yeah uh, jason jason thanks you because uh he really enjoyed it good (laughs) i just I wanted to see it so bad, and I was so excited when I, because I wasn't able to do it, and then for some reason I had to end up working a 12, but I ended up working the 6 in the morning 12, so it'd be 6 to 6. I was going, oh man, I might be able to do this, and then, yeah, blew up in my face. Well, yeah, it's really the fault of your your deputy and his dumb baby, otherwise you would have had to work. I know, jerk, and yeah. (laughs) And like they they started only showing it once a day and it, at seven p.m. and yeah. then some days they wouldn't even have it showing and as it sucked. Yeah, the first uh, Kevin Smith movie I haven't seen in the theaters and I think since Chasing Amy. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I just go out of state like you did for Rod Stewart. Find uh, one of his tour stops and yeah, yeah I could do that if it's nearby. It yeah, I guess. No, I, I don't think it's going to have like another theatrical, like normal run. So yeah, you're kind of, but at least the Blu-ray comes out in December. So yeah. Oh, I mean, I already, already pre-ordered the steel book. So <laughs> me too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, and the only reason I, did I tell you how I got those tickets to Rod Stewart? No, I didn't know where you were going at all. Yeah. So, well, I, I had to keep it on the DL and, oh man, I, I don't know if I should tell the story on here, but um <laughs> Anyways, I was very fortunate that I met, uh, there's a guy who I know on Facebook who wrote a couple tour programs and liner notes for one of Rod Stewart's albums. And when Rod Stewart played in Montana four years ago, five years, four years ago, um, that's his home state. So I decided to drive to Montana and watch Rod Stewart. And when I was there, I met him. He's a really nice guy. His name's Sean. And um, 
about oh a month and a half ago, he asked if I could make it to Vegas to see Rod Stewart. And I said, well, I was already out there in May, but if I go for just, you know, one night and then zoom back, then I might be able to. So I asked my wife and she didn't have class that day. So she was cool with it. Um, so I got tickets on Southwest cause, and I left at five in the morning. So each way was, I think $50. Um, and even cooler when I was going into Vegas, there was a lightning storm. And so they had to leave the jet on the tarmac for two hours because they didn't obviously they didn't want their employees to get hurt and get hit by lightning. And I got an email the next day from Southwest apologizing and a two hundred dollar gift card. I'm like, sweet. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they actually paid you to go see Rod Stewart. Basically, they did. And so I have, I, I just have to use this gift card within a year. And I'm like, sweet, I'll totally use it within a year. Um. So, anyways, um. Uh, so I got my ticket and then um, he emailed me and he said, oh, man, I don't know if I should say this part. Um, <laughs> I was afforded the opportunity to sit in the front row because of him. And um, I. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you it off <laughs> off the show how I was able to, to That's get cool. those seats. Um, um how I got front row center seats. Cause the story is really cool. You blew them. We get it. Yeah. I, I said, Hey, um, but no, actually the real story is really cool. And I'll, I'll tell you when we're done here, then you can edit it out. But I was able to get front row center, which are almost impossible to get. Have you um, ever done that before? No. Cause they're rod? no. So those seats in Vegas are like $1,600 and Ooh. I don't have that kind of money. And, um, and when he came out, uh, I held out my fist and he fist bumped me. I know. I saw that time, picture. I was like, holy shit. I know. And and the whole time he kept on like smiling at me and giving me thumbs up because I sang the songs with him. So it was like I was validated by Rod Stewart being a Rod Stewart fan. And it was really nice. Um, lots of fun. But on this podcast, we talk about movies and we see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. Uh, this week we saw Smile. Stay tuned, because very soon we'll tell you if we recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the film. We'll also tap into the big news story of the week, and a thing we recommend or we've watched that we think people should watch and talk about. How, how was your week, Brad? Uh, gosh, just, uh, you know, just a lot of work, and um, uh, yeah, I, I, you were gone for the 48 thing, so I, I won best editing i saw that um what did i you, do you week? are a quite the uh great editor apparently i've won it three times so i know that's what i mean that's I, i'm not just saying that because you're my friend i'm saying it because you have the hardware to prove it and that's the real uh the actual like that's where the movie's actually made is in the edit so exactly um i mean it's <laughs> yeah i just went and saw a bunch of wrong. movies and and uh went to a friend's birthday party that's about it nice I'm jealous. And of course, that's screwed over on delivering today. Yeah, that well, yeah, that Instacart is crazy. I, uh, it's starting to catch on too. I mean, I see the guys in Idaho Springs all the time now. And before, I, you know, I when I was in the grocery store, I'd see them every once in a while. Uh, but lately, um, they're always in in there doing stuff because I recognize them with the lanyards they wear. You know, 
Yeah. Um, I still got mine on actually, but yeah, I've referred friends for it and they can't get on because it, like it's so popular. They like won't admit more drivers. So, huh? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so Brad, you saw smile. Do you recommend smile? This is a tough one because it did have some like really cool stuff in it, but then like the other half of it, it was like a, like so boring that I, I fell asleep a couple times and woke up when like scary sh- stuff happened. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's cool. You know, I, I don't know if it's a great film, but it's it's got some cool stuff in it. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I I didn't. I mean, I don't fall asleep in movie theaters, but um, <laughs> you know, I. I thought there was an interesting concept here because it's not only dealing with a supernatural entity, obviously, but also how people treat people with mental health disorders. Um, but at the same time, I, I got the same feeling uh, from when I watched Barbarian and the police in it, where they're like, whatever, you're stupid. And then the cops here are going, oh, they're going to go in the cuckoo house. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cops went from being cool to being like the biggest idiots in the world. But anyways, um, but yeah, um, it's fine. Um, I think if you're looking for a scary movie, I don't think it's a bad one to see. But I do think some of the um, the scares in it are really, really cheap. Yeah, as you say, as I was watching it, I was like, "Eh, it's a jump scare movie. I bet Ryan hates it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not that I hate it. It's just like... um, I'll talk about it when after we play the trailer, but there's a couple instances where it's just just blatantly obvious and really obnoxious. Um, here's the trailer for Smile. My name is Dr. Rose Cotter. What do you want from me? Why is it that everybody else who's seen it is dead and you're alive? I've seen it too. You, you have it. Get away from me! Get away from me! It's smiling at me. Carl? But not a friendly smile. Rose! The worst smile I've ever seen. I have to face it. Smile. Only in theater and special previews Thursday at 7 p.m. Get tickets now. Smile uh, is a film about a psychologist or a doctor. Um, I guess she's a psychologist um, in a hospital who deals with people that are suffering from mental health. Um, She's there uh, talking to a a woman who comes in and uh, she sounds like she is suffering from hallucinations, um, but she claims she sees something after her and towards after she screams and freaks out, she gets up and smiles and then gruesomely kills herself by slitting her own throat and jaw or i don't know what she was doing um but she kills herself and by doing this the lead character rose has 
sort of a curse put on her. It reminded me a lot of something like The Ring or The Grudge, where I was thinking it follows, or it follows, yeah, or in that way where it's like a curse, you know, yeah, um, that inhabits or follows you, and so her she starts unraveling, and I don't know how to pronounce her first name, but the daughter of uh, Kevin Bacon is really good in the movie. Um, you know, oh, she, I, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, it's like Sosi, I think is how I say it. I don't know. It's S O S I E, I believe. Um, she's really great in it, and uh, you know, the film is going to be predicated on her because she's in pretty much every scene, and she slowly deteriorates. So she basically becomes the Naomi Watts character from The Ring, where she's trying to uncover why this is happening to her and this supernatural entity that is constantly um, terrorizing her, making her go more insane until eventually she goes so locked into her own mind that she'll kill herself. And she's trying to find a way to get out of it. She finds out there's a guy who was able to beat this chain of events. And she finds out that he did that by, killing someone and making sure someone saw it. So the curse would basically go to the person that was traumatized by him killing someone, Um, which is, I mean, it's a really interesting moral dilemma. Um, And she thinks she can beat it by isolating herself. So the monster has no one to watch the suicide and latch itself onto, which I mean, I guess would work. Um, but yeah, yeah, she has I to mean, kill herself for that to work, and instead she tries to like work through her trauma, hoping that that will like make it leave. Which yeah. I was like, okay, good luck. I think uh, the only way out of this is you just killing yourself with no one else around. But okay, yeah, and and it was, I mean, there it was an interesting play uh, towards the end. I mean, obviously, I've seen enough horror movies where it was too convenient for her to catch the monster on fire and oh, walk yeah. out of her home and then show up. Um, but I mean, I think the, the, the creature was actually really cool looking oh, towards yeah. the end uh, and creepy. Like I can tell um, if it was practical or digital, like, yeah, they did a good job. A really good job. Um, and, and man, what a crazy design. I know there was a performer as Tom Woodruff who, uh, performed and he does a lot of monsters. Um, so maybe as a combination of the two of having an actor then embellished with um, computer-generated images. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's well done, and, I mean, I think it has a nice creep factor to it. But, you know you know me, I'm always going to pick out... I've seen so many of these movies. I always know when jump scares are going to happen. So this one purposely had jump scares and then turned the volume, like, way up oh, during yeah. them just to make try to make them more effective and i don't know if it made it more effective it just emphasized that this is a jump scare movie more if that makes sense i don't know if that made any sense Um, Uh, like pretty much the movie was yeah like that that opening scene happens and i can't really remember the middle for the most part because i just got lost in you know she'd go to some other person and they'd have no answers and then um Yeah, you're not missing anything. Like, hey, come help me. And then it would just be separated by occasionally, like there was a cool transition between the camera and like, um, you know, she'll lapse into hallucinations. 
yeah. and you don't realize it happens, but then it, she'll break out of it because she's actually like walking in the middle of the street and the like car horn will go. And then like, stuff like that's when like I woke up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, the, to me, the most obnoxious one was um, it's pretty early, maybe 20, 30 minutes in. It might be actually be the first time or I think it's the second time um, that woman who kills herself in her office um she's on the computer and she just screams rose oh yeah that was the first one that i woke up to yeah i was like it's just so it's just trying to be loud and jump scary which to me because the way the camera moves i can see them being set up and if you listen to the beats of the music and the um the ambiance sounds is it goes way down and and then all of a sudden it's just an explosion of sound and that's not scary to me it's just obnoxious and too when i watch movies like this i always wonder if you know she's uh sitting there and drinking wine and actually i think it's more effective i thought it was more creepy when she's drinking wine and you saw that woman who killed herself kind of in the shadows Mm -hmm. staring at her instead of you know the screaming and jump scares but Instead of being afraid of this thing, what she just walks up is like, "What the fuck are you gonna do? You're a fucking nothing." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, here, there's no physical manifestation monster thing. So yeah, yeah, w- cool. What are you gonna do? Because the, the the rules of this creature, I don't understand why it terrorizes people for so long, um, or if that's how long each person's different because it takes them longer to break. I don't know. Um, I was actually thinking to... towards the end of the movie, you know, when she's deciding to go isolate herself. You know, she should have been talking to herself like, cool. All right. So, like, now what are you going to do? Like, you have to kill me and disappear, or you have to wait until I go somewhere else and latch onto a person? Like, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What I I don't understand the rules for the creature. Like, is he, is it trying to get in your mind so much that it breaks it down so hard that it's able to finally enter into you and kill yourself? And then I don't understand what it possibly gains from it <laughs> i mean i guess it doesn't really matter because it's a supernatural being but i think just to kill most people and it does that by jumping so when you take yeah. away the, the ability for it to jump like i thought it was going to do but it got lucky because i guess her ex-boyfriend showed up at the end just conveniently right time so yeah, yeah. found another um, host yeah i mean it, it's it's not a bad movie for a movie i wasn't sure i'd enjoy um, yeah, I really wish uh, like that part where sister's like head drops. It's in the trailer. Um, yeah, like something like that. I like, man, I, I wish they didn't put that in the trailer because that would have been like a cool surprise. Because it's that's so disturbing to look at. It is, it, but you know, <laughs> maybe because I see so many horror films. You know, she freaks out on it. Like in your mind, you have to know that's not real. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Okay, cool. I'm gonna open up my door, and what's my sister gonna sit there, and her head's gonna flop around? But it's shot really well. I think it's really well staged. Um, And I think you're right. I think it would have been better if it wasn't in the trailer. Because that moment is like, it's still pretty unsettling. And um, and the way it's shot, I think, is really cool. Yeah, I get why it's in there. Because otherwise, there's nothing else in the movie to like, get you interested in the trailer, except for that. So, and the director did a, a lot of weird staying on characters after scenes ended um 
there's the part where she the the part you're talking about where her sister's head like and neck like rubber bands around and then it pans slowly to her nephew for some reason into in his bedroom i don't understand what the fuck that was and they would have all these little ps um scenes like i think it could have been trimmed a little bit um but that's just me too um um, I also mean, thought the music was pretty cool. Like it was so weird and yeah, different. Um, so plus, I, I, mean, I thought it was well made. Like I, I, I mean, if you're looking for a horror film, I mean, it's, I mean, it, one, it's it's rated R. I mean, it's pretty gory, and um, you know, the creature is cool in it, and it also deals with you know mental health and um, trauma in a in a new way. Uh, so I, I think it's interesting. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, even even the scene where she's in the prison talking to the one guy who, you know, beat the curse and he's telling her about it. It had this nice, like, eeriness to it. Um, you know, I, I just thought it was just it was, it was a fascinating movie. And I, I, I thought it, I mean, it was well done. I, I read that it originally was supposed to go on straight to streaming but it tested so well that they put it in theaters and obviously they're right because it made 22 million dollars this week yeah when i was sitting through the credits people were leaving they're like you know i hear people talking like yeah they're like oh that was cool so yeah i mean in my screening i had this really cool like froze in the back <laughs> that you could tell <laughs> towards the end they were getting scared because they kept on doing like little chirping in it and it was just, I mean, it was stupid and they were drunk. So it started getting really annoying, but, but yeah, it was fun. The, <laughs> you know, the Alamo was fun and it's, it was a good place to see it at. Uh, but I mean, yeah, if you're looking for a horror film, I, I think you, you, you do well seeing it. All right. Cool. Um, this is the big news story of the week. It's real news. That I totally haven't looked up yet. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I can't think of one. I hope you have one. Uh, the only thing I can think of is the Super Mario Brothers poster. It looks awesome. Oh, yeah. The trailer's coming soon. So there's that. Yeah, it's uh, Thursday. So, uh, but the poster is really cool because it has a bunch of uh, little um, nods and winks to it. Um, the uh, there's an antiques like a uh, shop in it, and it has a bunch of old Mario um items, like the music uh bouncy things from Mario Three that they really don't use anymore. And um, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I think it looks cool. Yeah, it's it's gonna be weird having um, I don't know Mario characters that don't just I don't know say one word and yeah, you know, they're going to yeah, that full dialogue. That will be a little interesting. Yeah. And like, I it's hope not Charles do, Martinet, you know, I hope they get him into the film some way, which I'm sure they will. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, cause it's just, how can you not? I mean, how long has he been the voice of Mario since Mario 64? Oh, or gosh. is it before that? I, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anything before that makes sense. Because did they was he talking in Mario All Stars? I don't think so. Because Mario, they're just re. No, I think they did. 
Because remember, the Mario All-Stars on Super Nintendo was better graphics and sound. And I want to say when you picked them in Mario 2, they went, you know, thanks for picking me or something like that. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, I I mean, it has to be better than, um, you know, the, the 93 version or 92. What year did that come out? How dare you? That movie is a masterpiece. <laughs> a masterpiece. <laughs> Egregious. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you think that's a masterpiece? <laughs> uh-huh. It's unique. I-, I will give it that it's a very unique um, take on the uh, <laughs> the character, which, you know, doesn't make any sense. Hey, hey, what, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? I don't know. We're going to find out on Thursday. CGI, CGI wasn't a thing. When they were starting that movie, <laughs> I mean, Yoshi is CGI in that movie, but um, I don't think they had. I mean, what's, a... what's the deal with the, What's the deal with the Goombas? I mean, <laughs> I don't think uh, they had the budget to make a bunch, but a little robotic uh, mushrooms running around. <laughs> See, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, uh, my my hope is that this new movie will get Dizzy to put. You know, the 93 one on Blu-ray. Get it out of the vault. I'm surprised it hasn't been on, like, a Shout Select or something. I know, right? It'd be perfect for that. Or, you know, um, like, MVD Rewind or one or Vinegar Syndrome. One of those, um, like, really niche um, titles where it'd be cool to have... I mean, I'd love to see a making of that movie because you know there's some crazy freaking stories to it. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think just because it, it is a, technically a Disney movie that, you know, you know, Disney's really tough about <laughs> letting their stuff go. Yeah. So um, just so you're wondering, because I looked this up, his first voicing of Mario is in the Super Mario Brothers pinball game in 1992. Well, there you go. And... um but what was his first console game? Uh, so, as Mario is Mario teaches typing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and then um, Super Mario sixty four is the real like uh, wahoo kind of guy. So yeah, the the typing one is probably Super Nintendo at least. So yeah, and then the pinball makes sense because yeah, it has like the huge sound processor. So yeah. So yeah, um, Super Mar- uh, Mario teaches typing uh, was operation uh, on Microsoft Windows and Macintoshes. Oh, um, and Mario was licensed by Nintendo for just for this purpose because it's to help um, children teach typing. Look at that! We're, we're we're learning stuff today. Yeah, and the review of it it got eighty percent out of a hundred, and. Steve Fountain of the Evening Sentinel said, Mario teaches typing is a less fun than a normal computer game, but a whole lot better than plowing through a dull typing manual. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I want Mario to teach me typing. And it's sweet. Like, the cover is him jumping off a keyboard with his cape on from Super Mario World. So good for him. Good job, Mario. Wow. And there's a Mario teaches typing too, as well. Interesting. See, I learned something new today. Yeah, man, I I just 
tried Mavis Beacon when that came out. I, I would totally would have rather done Mario. Yeah. Ooh, you Maybe that's why I still theater. like do finger typing instead of like home row. <laughs> like a child. Do you really? Yeah, I can't. I have to like wash my hands and do it. Do you really? Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm better at something on a computer than you are. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's talk about the one thing we're going to recommend this week. Or maybe not. Just something we want to talk about. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what you got this week? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to, like, offer up a bunch of things and then let you pick which one you want to talk about. Cool. Because I have a whole list of them. Um, All right, your choices are... Moon Age Daydream, The Monsters, The Outsiders, Both Fright Nights, Identity, The Rental, Elvis, Hollow Man, and that's it. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's quite the uh, eclectic <laughs> pick there. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to beat your 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 Halloween thing, so there's a bunch of like spooky so, stuff on there. So I'm on 16, but I've also watched um, some Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors, and I showed Kellen... Uh, Ghost of a Chance, the Dick Van Dyke episode, and he loved it. So I was really happy about that. Um, let's see. How about Fright Night? Uh, yeah, I like the uh, modern one versus the original one uh, really? quite a bit more. Yeah, I think uh, the original one, uh, Charlie's just so whiny, and most of his dialogue is like, come on, help me. You have to help me. <laughs> um, yeah, for like, I don't know, 90 minutes of that movie. I just got the steelbook today of the 4K. Nice. Of the original Fright Night. I always loved the creature effects in that. The bat um, was really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of effects going on. And then there's just like some, re- I don't know, the premise of the TV show host. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it, the fact that he's... Like, I don't know why this kid thinks he's an expert just because he's on a TV show. Um, and then, like, <laughs> he actually helps save the day. Uh, I don't know. It's just... Um, so, when you saw Fright Night Part 2, is it the original Part 2 or is it the modern Part 2? The... the the What's his name? God. Anton Yelkin. Um, mm-hmm. That's the new one I watched. Yeah. So... Oh, so... Because there is Fright Night Part 2 in the 80s and Fright Night Part 2 in the 2000s. No, um, I, I only saw the 85 one. And okay. I watched the 2011 one. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I still think that one's great. Um, yeah, I think it's like like the 80s one feels more contrived and the 2011 one just kind of condenses things into like... I mean, it's still like weird that David Tennant, whatever, the uh, Fright Night host... Um, Again, the premise, but like everything else with like the mom and the girlfriend, like I thought worked better Mm. um, in the, in the new one, but. um, So can I ask you about another one too? Sure. Because I, I, you know, I'm on the fence on Elvis. What did you think of Elvis? Uh, Yeah, that's, I'm half and half on that because all the obnoxious stuff that I expected from the movie happened. And I was like, this movie would be so much better if this wasn't in it. But then <laughs> around the middle of it, um, it kind of like mellows out <laughs> and just 
becomes like a, a just kind of a normal biopic. And I enjoyed that part more. But like the funniest part was like right away, you know, he's doing like these crazy sweeping shots of Las Vegas in the 90s. And it has like the Star Trek experience um, mm-hmm. advertisement on it, which like to show modern Las Vegas, like you pick something from the 90s. OK, weird. Um, <laughs> like I, maybe that sign just like that hotel got demolished after the Star Trek experience left. I don't know. Um, I don't know. And like, that's always something I wanted to do, but totally forgot to do before it closed. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. But also like, what a weird thing to pick from. But yeah, then it like flashed back, flashes back to, you know, I don't know, sixties or seventies before that happened. And so like, like the nerd part of me was like, oh, cool. Star Trek is in this movie, but also, you know, there's like just these crazy sweeping shots. And then, you know, I like Tom Hanks, but God, it, I, I've never seen the real Colonel Parker, but um, mm. yeah, he's he's a weird guy. Um, <laughs> and, and his perspective on like, um, you know, people say that I killed Elvis, but his defense is like, in, in a kind of way, he's kind of saying like, you guys, you the the fans, you guys killed Elvis, not me. Shit. <laughs> Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. I, I mean, oh, I will. It's, I it's thought you streaming. saw it. No, it's streaming now. So I was because yeah, I'm not a I big fan it. of uh, uh, the director at all. Oh yeah, I uh, saw Moulin Rouge a couple weeks ago for the first time. I was like, oh god, this movie's just so obnoxious. <laughs> um, and the yeah, like yeah, I saw it streaming too, and um, it's also three hours long. So be prepared. Oh for, shit! Yeah, it's like two fifty or something. um but like it's it's like really like compared to moulin rouge's like special effects and graphics like like it's gorgeous um so like definitely up the cinematography game but yeah there's just like some obnoxious edits and like hyper hyper lapses of things and um it jumps all over the place and it like ties it into history so like there's uh you know like martin luther king jr and um uh Robert Kennedy's assassination attempts. I'm like, mm. this movie's three hours long. Does it really need to like dovetail <laughs> Elvis into these historical things? Can we just focus on and Elvis? Add the runtime. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's plenty of other stuff here about, you know, his mom dying and, uh, his manager abusing him and all that. And like, I'd say like the last third of the movie, uh, spends like a lot of time on his drug abuse without actually showing him doing the drugs. Um, weird yeah so yeah it's ambitious but yeah it's definitely a movie you could probably could have it could have done with some like let's dial it back <laughs> um you're you're trying too hard so yeah I, I guess i'll wait maybe till november to see that because i gotta stay on my horror movie thing yeah and i don't feel like i learned anything more about elvis than i already knew um it also does like a pretty good job of also showcasing that he borrowed uh, heavily from uh, black music. So mm. without, without just like outright saying it, you know, it, like juxtaposed yeah. like, Hey, he, like he's clearly aping this guy's song that he heard as a kid and turning it into his own thing, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anything else or do you, what do you got? Um, 
I'm trying to think. You listed off a lot of things. I'm trying to think if anything else I want to hear about. Um, no, this is the one thing we watched, so it doesn't have to hit them all. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'll just um, hit on just two quick ones in my horror movie watch. I watched Train to uh, Busan. Yeah, I heard that's and, great. Yeah, did I watch that? I think I did watch that, yeah. I'm sure you have. Um, and it's about a zombie apocalypse that happens in Korea. And this man is on a train to take his daughter to his ex-wife. And he's a big corporate guy, so he doesn't really spend time with his daughter. And um, on the way there, the zombie outbreak takes place on the train. Um, There's really cool set pieces. Uh, Some of it's a little cheesy. When they go into tunnels, the zombies can't see them. (laughs) And so they... Um, they're able to like crawl around them and stuff. Uh, uh, but I mean, the effects are cool. There's some fun things in it. Um, stupid characters abound, but you know, it's overall pretty fun. Um, I recommend it. And I think you can watch it. I watch it on prime or Netflix or one of them. Um, and the other thing I watched is George Romero's lost movie called the amusement park. Um, and, it started as not as like a horror film per se, but it was a PSA for uh, how elderly people are treated. And the movie is only, I think 57 minutes long. And it's about this old man who's at an amusement park and each ride represents something that the elderly are going through. And, uh, so, like, the bumper cars, when the they bump into each other, um, the guy who got hit is in there saying that, you know, these old people ran into him. And no matter what everybody else says, that he, the guy didn't use his turn signal, no one believes him because they're old. And they talk about being on Social Security, but in this really kind of surreal way. Um, I, it's It's very interesting. And that they would take this PSA about how to help the elderly and George Romero turned it into kind of this surreal horror film. And they didn't know if this film would ever see the light of day. And his wife was given a a copy of this film and it was in really rough shape. And uh, they got it just before he died. And when uh, she got it. Um, they put it through a 4K restoration. Um, it still looks pretty faint, but the picture is clear. It's just, it looks like that worn film, you know, like when you used to, I mean, you and I are old enough that when we were in elementary school, we used to have the projected film reels. And so it has that kind of um, faded look to it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really interesting look about how people treat the elderly and um and, and there's a big tagline on it that said this is George Romero's scariest film. I don't know if it's his scariest film. It's definitely his most unusual, but also if you look at it as how people are treated and each ride represents something like they they go to um, a fun house and when the old dude goes in the fun house, it's actually an assisted living facility. 
where all the the nurses and the doctors treat the old people like shit. And um, there's a part in it where the old man is robbed and beaten up by a gang of people. And so it's this weird true life horror film, which I don't think was meant to be a horror film, but it plays in a, a surreal way that it is a horror film. I, I don't know if I'm making anything. You have to see the film. I, I I can't describe it, but I mean, that's what it is. The guy's going around amusement park and it's how people mistreat senior citizens. Um, it's just a really fascinating film. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It makes yeah. sense to me, but yeah, I, just, I, I, I've never seen anything from it. So I have nothing. Uh, I saw the cover art. That's about it. Yeah, the cover art's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's bizarre. And I think you should see it. The special features alone make it kind of interesting um, because it has an interview with his widow and how she goes through the process of getting the film made. And um, it took him like three or four years just to get it ready. And how she took it around and, you know, she had it restored, but she didn't know if anyone would like it like she did she i mean she talks about how she loves the film and she found that the response to it was really high so um they ended up i think you can stream it on shutter or you can get the blu-ray blu-ray is only like i think i got it for 13 dollars or something um but yeah and and when you buy it the money goes to um the george romero foundation um to help um it's a charity. I'm not sure even sure what they do, but that's what it's for. <laughs> it's for the George Romero Foundation. So, um, yeah, check it out. It's interesting. So next week, Brad, I guess we're doing Amsterdam. Uh, I guess. All right. I mean, I I did say do a film explosion, but you didn't want to do it. So, well, I think the week after. No, the uh, week after is Halloween. No, the the first weekend of or the first week of November is pretty dead. So I think that's our film explosion week, right before Wakanda Forever. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, there's, yeah, there's, there's Amsterdam, Halloween, and then something else. Yeah, what's the twenty? There is something on the twenty first. I know. I just have to look it up. Um. Also, uh, Corinne sent in a uh, Showtime. If you want to lead into that, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's some English fucking thing, so. Uh, it's actually uh, for Abbott Elementary, and she calls you out for changing the what we've been watching into basically a showtime. So. What? You're, you're stealing her idea, where we talk I about one not, thing. I'm not stealing her idea. Well, that's what she said. Well, I mean, she's on my podcast, so she, I did not steal her idea. She should be grateful that I allow her an opportunity to speak on my podcast. Oh, Black Adam. That's what's the third oh, yeah. week of That's October. Yeah, you're right. And then, yeah, it's, I guess the last week of October is Pray for the Devil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or we do Film Explosion. But yeah, then there's, then there's nothing for November 4th either. We got two weeks yeah, to fill. I mean, they really should just, um, you know, spread all this stuff out instead of, oh no, that uh, Kate Blanchett on the 28th of October. Oh, Tar? Um, yeah. It's getting a wide release. Oh, that's a, that's a wide release. Look at that. Got two, two, hour, two and a half hours. Wow. 
That's all right. I heard it's really good. It also looks like um, it's one of those really goofy independent movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, when you said wide release, I've seen the trailer. I, I totally thought it was like a Shea Artiste. I know. <laughs> like, that's what I thought, too. One or two week run. And yeah, that's a full. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Film Explosion will be the weekend of November 4th because there's literally nothing coming out. I mean, I uh, guess they're they're letting uh, Black Adam have a run till Black Panther. Anyways, hey Corinne, thanks for sending something in. This is what she has to say about Abbott Elementary. Hey nerds, Corinne here for another iteration of Showtime, where I talk about something cool I've been watching lately. And side note, since I haven't done one of these in a while, I would just like to state for the record that Ryan totally stole my idea for the regular show. Because now it's like, you know, talk about, like, one thing you've been watching. And I'm like, that's pretty much what I've been doing on Showtime. So, you're welcome, Ryan. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, today I'm going to highlight two things. One of which I've talked about before, and that's Abbott Elementary. I'm telling you guys, if you are not watching Abbott Elementary, you need to jump on this train now. Because this is the next office. This is the next Ted Lasso. This is the next The Good Place. It is such a wonderful show. It is back for its second season. There's two episodes out right now. And it is just, like, falling right back into the same rhythm. It is just hilarious, heartwarming, funny. Um, and just, you know, it's only, like, 30 minutes long, so it really packs a punch. Um, I know network TV is not super awesome these days. It's all pretty lame compared to all the stuff that's like on HBO and streaming. But I'm telling you, Quinta Brunson and her team are just, you know, bringing it for Abbott Elementary. So definitely check it out. It is on, I want to say Wednesday nights. Uh, I don't remember exactly what time, but it airs like live on TV if you have like rabbit ears or whatever. Um, on Wednesday nights, and then of course you can always watch it the next day on Hulu and the ABC streaming app. So get on that. Uh, yes, Abbott Elementary, excellent, excellent show. But the new thing I want to talk about this week is on Hulu. It's a new original Hulu show called Reboot. And the, you might have seen uh, previews for it. I've seen some advertisements. Um, but the idea is that they um, Hulu, so it's very meta, they're all, you know, self-aware, um, Hulu is reviving this show, um, it's a fake show, so th this was not, like, on air in real life, but, um, I forget what it's called, it's, like, up in the air or something like that, um, but it's just this, like, family sitcom from the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s or something, and they revive it with the same cast, they bring back some of the same writing team, and there's, like, behind-the-scenes drama. People are coming back and they're revisiting these old roles and reconnecting with these old co-workers from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So, yeah, it's been pretty fun so far. Keegan-Michael Key is probably the most recognizable person, along with Johnny Knoxville. And there are a couple of other people who you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of vaguely recognize that person. But so far, so good. I think there's four or five episodes out right now, and uh, I've enjoyed it so far. Some of the jokes have been a little bit, like, not for me, but overall I've really, I've really enjoyed it. So, 
yeah, I highly recommend it. Give it a watch. It's called Reboot. It's on Hulu. They're releasing new episodes every week. I want to say Monday nights or Tuesday mornings. So check it out. And I'll talk to you guys next time with something. Bye. Ha, I guess it's funny. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a acclaimed show that I'll get around to watching at some point. Yep, maybe. So here's the thing, Brad, is I don't understand the release calendar now. I understand November 23rd is Thanksgiving, but there is four movies coming out on wide release. Like you really couldn't put something at the beginning of November. I don't get it. Uh, even worse is December where it's, it's Avatar. Like even though Avatar is coming out like the middle of the month, like no one's, uh, everyone's too afraid to put anything. <laughs> yes, it that Jim Cameron money. Um, God, yeah. Strange world and the Fablemans, And yeah. well, at least we'll have, you know, movies to spread out until we get to avatar. New Spielberg. That's yeah. Pretty exciting. And then actually I want to see the so. menu. Yeah. And that starts as limited. So maybe by the time December rolls around, it'll go wide. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, um, next week we'll see uh, Amsterdam, and yeah, we'll see you at the movies. Bye. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.